You're listening to the iFanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode 557, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick Week Podcast. This here is episode 557. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. While the music is listed in the show notes, apparently... jeez. Oh, that is not as easy to find as we had believed. So we're going we're gonna to address that oh. right now. If you're using the Apple Podcast app, <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> Just go download Pocket Cast, Downcast, Overcast... There are numerous, uh, use iTunes, there are numerous podcasts that are better than that piece of shit. Um, but that said, we're looking into it. it. Many of you pointed out that the show notes were not visible in the Apple Podcast app. We're looking into it. So, But uh, go use Pocket Cast. It's better. Anyway, the we are... The music is always listed <laughs> on the website. <laughs> we are iFanboy, and we like comics and music. We read a stack of comics every week, and one of us picks their favorite book and call that the pick of the week. And then we come here to talk about that book, other books, other stuff, give out dumb superpowers, have some fun, uh, try to entertain each other. And that's about it. Uh, we're going to warn you, though, that we're going to talk about what happens in the books, uh, often considered a spoiler. So if you're sensitive to that, uh, press pause, come back after you read your books, or just stop listening. But thank you for downloading. Um, please keep doing that. Uh, either way, exercise some caution. Uh, this week, uh, Josh was so happy to have the pick because there were just so many options to choose from. I got to say, as early as this morning, uh, I was I'm making that we make a list that we email out like here's the list of what we're going to talk about in what order in that is the pick and I was like I don't know and I, I was going through my stack of physical books and then looking through the the, the comicsology stuff and I, I just didn't have an answer and then I realized that I had not read Darth Vader number 25 oh wow it was the mm. one I had left and I went oh well this is the last issue I need to give this a read and it was like it was a sign <laughs> is what it was. Um, because I got, you know what? I bet this is going to be pretty good. It'd be really funny if this was pick of the week. And I finished it and I was like, totally pick of the week. It was the one that, uh, you know, I had fun reading and it, it capped off uh, a very sort of unexpectedly enjoyable run. A very consistent one as well um, from Karen Gillan and Salvador LaRocca. Um, so yeah, the pick of the week is Darth Vader number 25. The last issue, which just buttons everything up. Um, and I was like halfway through it and I was like, this could totally be the pick of the week. And then, um, they offed, uh, that one character. Yeah. Uh, they, okay. I'm We gave you the spoiler warning. We're talking about it. Sorry. Um, so Dr. Afra, the, the, the plucky young lady, um, who you never really knew she was a good guy or a bad guy or what, or was she just amoral, I guess is kind of what she was. And, uh, she looked like she'd fought her way. Vader turned against her at one point, and then she fought her way into the snuck her way into the Emperor's throne room. And that was like an issue or two ago, and we kind of didn't see that. And she basically got there and tattled on Vader. And then the big turnaround in this issue is that the Emperor was was like so glad that he had been doing all this scheming on his own. He was like, <laughs> Oh, that's that is wonderful Sith behavior. And so Vader takes the girl for a walk down a hallway. 
and and she's like, well, listen, uh, you know, I I did this, but you, she's happy and everything's cool. I didn't tell him about this other thing. And he goes, get in there. She's like the airlock. <laughs> she shuts the door and she shot into space, never to be heard from again. And I was like, damn. Because the one thing that was consistent that it really was interesting about this series in general is that there was no there was no real attempt, certainly beyond what was done in the prequels, to humanize Darth Vader as a character. There was no romanticizing of him done by Kieran Gillen. He was right. Vader. He was a force of nature. He was very he's very stoic. He was very effective. Um, sort of all of his dialogue really fit in with the voice of Vader as I hear it in my head. Um, and it was really fun because it was it was unapologetic in that way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think this run needs to be you know twenty you know twenty five issues with I'm pretty sure this, there's Laroca yep. throughout, right? So yes, yes. so not only not only on two levels does it need to be remembered. One because Gillen and Laroca doing you know a great twenty five issue run together, and then also this has come probably the closest I've seen in any attempt to redeem Vader from being a menaceful villain after the damage that was done in the prequels, you know, f- 15 years ago. Yeah. You guys need to let it go. <laughs> I mean, just, just don't worry about them. He's no, still awesome. No, so, what's so funny is that after I said the damage of the prequels 15 years ago, I took a moment and in my head, I'm like, wow, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I wasn't even thinking of it that way. But it's just nice to know that like the character sort of balances back. I don't think of those things when I read this. When I read this, I hear the character really from Episode Four. You know, from that version, that first Vader, best, because this the takes best place. Version? That's the best. Yeah, this version, takes yeah. place yeah. just after that. You hear it. You know, in in James Earl Jones's voice, the earliest version of it. That one that's not quite right. The one that surprised David Prowse. Um, <laughs> oh, also, uh, Admiral Tag gets killed. No, he doesn't get Which killed. Oh, yeah, he does get killed. You're right. Yeah, and we see the, the asc- we see the ascension of Admiral Ozel, which is yeah, <laughs> and, and it's basically exactly the same Ozel that we see in Empire doing the exact same thing, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, no, and and I've I, I've I've enjoyed Kieran Gillen's ability to be evil with his writing of Vader in this whole series. I loved. Um, I really like Doctor Afra. I love the you know the the Nega C three PO and R two D two the evil versions. Um, I you know I thought it was just great, but it all culminated in in a fantastic uh, uh, bits of dialogue from the Emperor, which I thought was just great. Like I could hear the Emperor going, "Good job!" Like I could hear him like <laughs> like embracing what's, it. It was great. What's even better is that you can imagine him in the scene that is not pictured here. Where she is, she's telling him everything. Yes, she's like, "Yes, good, good. <laughs> yes." Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Just wait here; he'll be here soon. You know. Um. So he defeats his enemy. Like they wrapped every single thing up. They knew this end was coming for a long time. <laughs> the, the the killing of Afra really cemented it for me. I was like, "Cause that's a fun character that you could really well, do a lot with in these comics." But then, but you kept on reading, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I I, I finished. This, I didn't uh, at first. I found that later. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I because I, I finished the I finished the issue at first, and I was like, oh man, this is really good. But I'm bummed that he killed off Afra. And then I turn the page, and I see there's an epilogue where Afra did it again. She avoided death, and she was able to uh, she was able to 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 uh, despite being thrown away in the airlock, uh, be saved I, by the by the droids. And I, I kind of want to I want to ignore that. No, I'm glad. You, I, don't, I don't think you can. They're doing a book, a solo they are, book. Yeah, I know, doing a solo I know book, yeah. but I want to ignore it. Yeah. Because I really liked the choice. Uh, there's all this. So there's actually like two backup stories in this. That's the one. Uh, and then the other one is this sort of like 
sand people tale of yeah. Darth Vader when he came and destroyed them all and they, they sort of revere him as a god. It was um, drawn by Max Fimora and colored by Dave Stewart. Yeah, that, that, the, the art was the only good thing about that story. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't buy that the sand people would then worship Vader uh, like a burning man. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's fine. But going back to Afra, um, I like the fact that I, I don't want to ignore that because that's the equivalent of the end of episode four and Vader oh. spinning off into space and you're just going, well, what's going to happen to him? Like he, they, the, the evilest people get away somehow. Mm-hmm. And I, I, well, she's not. This is going to be the thing that puts her on the side of the rebels, so they can use her for something else. So you think? Yeah, I guess. I I think we'll never. She owns two murder droids. (laughs) They have to listen to her. Right, but still, they delight in murdering. Do you remember that that fucked up episode where Black Sea Three PO wanted to wanted to take control of people's bodies? Like it was I do, just, <laughs> I do. Straight up disturbing. Uh, yeah, but um, no, no. But I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that she's around. I want to read more of her, and it's going to be Kieran continuing to write her, which is cool. Which is yeah. a, a neat. Which is interesting because we're seeing new characters emerge in the Star Wars universe from the comics. I mean, I saw you know like. You know, Try to avoid them, you know, in the media blackout, any Star Wars news. But I did see the rumor that the casting for the whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but anyway, it's neat to see characters from the comics, you know, being, you know, continuing on, not just being throwaways, because for years they were just throwaways, which is, I, th- I think that's neat. So, yeah, but I, you know what? Fun series. If, uh, you know, for folks who we like Star Wars, we're, we're, we're pretty adamant about that and then the form it takes and uh i think it's no small thing to sort of get something like this right in such a way that doesn't ruin any of the it doesn't ruin experience but it doesn't it (laughs) jives with it jives with everything that we've seen before and it it doesn't doesn't shake the boat in a way that makes you go well well, that's not right like it it just kind of worked and it was fun yeah uh and it looked good i'm not a huge fan of salvador la roca but this this really worked for him and there's some really nice layouts in this. The one where she gets shot into space is particularly nice. Well, I, I just, I mean, uh, yeah, I think I, I, I do. I, it got a little photo reference at times throughout the run. Um, but then there were times where it looked great. Then there were times where it was really wonky, where you had a hard time drawing stormtroopers or drawing lightsabers or things like that. But I'll applaud. When was, I mean, aside from Capullo with Batman, when was the last time you saw somebody do more than 20 issues in a single run? Like that, that's... Well, didn't they did them, they did Iron Man together for a long no, time. No, I know that. I know. But I'm saying in recent days in the landscape that we're at now, that Iron Man run was five, six years ago now. Was it? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I have no concept anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, There's so... That- I'm, I'm that more, stiffness, though, that we were talking about, like that actually yeah. works for this book for some reason. Yeah, well, because he's like, drawing, he's drawing so much. Um, there's so much inorganic characters, mm-hmm. droids and machines, but and also just the way that Vader moves in the movies in that suit. You know, it it works. Yeah, and and give it up for Vader being a badass in the beginning part of this book too. I mean, yep. even before we got to the Afro Emperor scene, there's a whole scene where Vader dispatches the one-eyed dude and just and and, and just takes care of business. I mean, like it, like yep. like Vader was a badass in this book in a way that he hasn't been for a while. So good. Vader job. down. Vader down. Vader, Vader down. down. So, so this cool. was Star Wars corner and pick of the week. You so, got it. Yeah. And, Although we're not mentioning Han Solo number four that came out this week, where the only really the only notable thing that came in that with, <laughs> is within two pages, uh, Han says that I got this, and then he turns to Chewie and says, "You got this." Uh, so have that you, was that was early. You've been re- I, we haven't talked about that on here, have we? Han Solo, yeah, we have. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I was. It's been there. all right. It's been all right. It's been all right. It's, yeah, exactly. 
but what my pick of the week, what I thought was fantastic uh, in a surprising place, was Deadpool number twenty. Did you guys read this? No, but no. I figured when you put it on here, there was a reason for it. Yeah, and I, I flipped through it and I was like, oh, it's a oh. very special episode. It's a very special episode of Deadpool, and I applaud Jerry Duggan because he wrote in the back of the issue. He says that since he's been writing Deadpool, he's been trying to put. Deadpool in unique situations that haven't been done before, um, you know, and both from and and by reading Deadpool for this whole run, you know, it's been a combination of story as well as like art and craft wise. So I remember we had that cutaway issue and things, you know, stuff like that, taking risks. But this was an entire one and done issue where Deadpool in the beginning of the issue, Deadpool happens upon a woman who's standing on the top of the theater where the Avengers headquarters is where he lives uh, with the intent to jump off to kill herself. And he says, and he he says, you know, you, you don't want to do that here. Parker Industries is just on the block, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and he proceeds to have her tag along on his night of working, where he's busting up, you know, like he's 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 basically being a merc and and busting up bad guys and doing things like that for money, and uh, then eventually culminates in him dropping her off at the emergency room, saying, you know, listen, I, I can't help you, but these people can, and it becomes a really I mean, to have Deadpool do a anti-suicide message is probably a good challenge, and he hit it out of the park. This is fantastic. So, uh, very well done. Very, dealing with a very, very difficult topic in a in a relatable, meaningful, entertaining, I laughed, um, and just good way. So, uh, good job, Jerry Duggan and Matteo Lali, uh, for you know taking a a tough topic and and making a really great issue out of it. Do you read this normally? Have you been reading this for 20, 20 issues? Yeah, I have because I like Jerry Duggan's a great writer. I really like him. I do too, and yeah. I read all the last Deadpool run. But when we sort of switched over to this new version, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, and, and honestly, I've I've gone in and out of it because there was like the there was the story arc where all his Deadpool where he he had a whole bunch of mercenaries dressing up like Deadpool when that's, doing, that's the yeah. words that's where I was and so I, I kind know. of I've wavered in and out of it um, but. Uh, you know, when I, I saw some chatter about this early in the week, and so I made a point to sit down and take a look at it. When I did, I was glad. I, I glad I did because I thought it was just really, really elegantly done. So, which you don't often hear elegantly done with Deadpool, which is that's one of the reasons. No. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, so good job. Those flashback episodes were though. Yeah. The, the, oh yeah, um, right. Those were great. Yeah. Who's the artist? They were picked the week a bunch of times. Um, it's the guy who does. Oh, I can't think of it right now because it's not the issue we're talking about. Yeah. I'll think of it later. Scott Collins. No, uh, Koblish. Scott Koblish. Scott Koblish. I knew it was a Scott with a K. You got me there. You got me there. So, all Lois, all the time in Action Comics number 965, I'm curious what you thought of this, Connor. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I Um, feel the same way. I kind of like it a lot, and there were parts of it I was like, that's wonky. But overall, it was interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, it's basically kind of like... I don't want to say invasion of the body snatchers, but it's sort of like, well, Lois is Lois is dead, so I guess I'll just take her place in her job at the Daily Planet. So, so says the older Lois from the other the other uh, well, reality. I, I mean, she is Lois. She is Lois. She says not this Lois. There's a lot more low going on since that uh, that Lando comic. I don't like <laughs> low. it. I don't either. I don't like I don't like her call, I don't like her being called low by Superman. But I don't, um, I don't approve. So, so Lois, you know, so if you've been reading Superwoman, um, you know, Lois Lane of the New 52 died. And uh, so she's been gone from her job for a long time. And Lois of the old universe has been bored living up in the woods. 
and decides she wants to get back to being a reporter at a major metropolitan newspaper. So she goes to the Daily Planet and just assumes Lois's duties. Oh, is this, is this the, my desk is right here, right? Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Okay, thanks. Great. How you yeah. doing? How you doing, Steve? <laughs> oh, Perry's office is that way. Right. Oh, yeah. The gross exaggeration of of Steve uh, as as a cyclist <laughs> and the joking about his cyclist uniform <laughs> will not be tolerated. There is a purpose to that, and as soon as but as soon as you get into the office, you need to put on sweatpants. You can't be walking around like that. But they insinuated that there was some sort of sexual harassment going on because he was dressed like that, and I object. Hi, uh, Jack. Hi, hi. Uh, yeah, I'm Lois. I'm back. I've been gone for a while. Where's the typewriter ink? <laughs> yeah. Also, I know I look like I'm about ten years older. But I'm when I left. I'm the same. I had a rough week. <laughs> um, it's but you're right, Josh. It's kind of fun, weird. Like, all right, I guess we're doing it. Let's just yeah. <laughs> I guess we're doing it. Because I feel like now they're at the point where they they set this up. And now they need to deal with it. Like I'm, I'm starting to feel like with other Clark, it's starting to feel like lost. Like they don't know. <laughs> like what is? I'm actually super curious who this. So Me yeah. Too. So in, in the mix of all this, there's now this Clark Kent who is not Superman and is not the one that died and is not the one from the old universe. It's just Clark Kent. And he's like, listen, I'm just trying to get through the day. <laughs> yeah, he spills he spills coffee on Lois's computer. Which screws her over because she had a password to get into the computer because it was some mystery thing. And uh, she's still wondering what these computers are. Right. <laughs> she, she, where is the ink? Um, where do you put the ribbon? So, anyway, at the end of the issue, uh, Lana Lang, the new Superwoman, confronts her. And I've actually been reading Superwoman and mostly enjoying it. So, that's. Yes, I've been enjoying Superwoman as well, too. I also like when Lois wanted to know where the mimeograph was. Right. <laughs> Um, I don't know why it's Lois from 1950, but it is. <laughs> she's older, <laughs> so she would know more. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I I don't want to know. I mean, I, I, I'm deeply curious to know what the story is going to be with Clark, but as soon as I know, I'm going to be disappointed, so I don't want to know. Like, the longer <laughs> they string it out, fine. What a defeatist attitude there. <laughs> I know how this works. I'm not new at this. You know, like, <laughs> this is the fun part. Is, is I, waiting, and I don't. I, I, it's not going to be a good explanation. I think anyone who gets a professional job in comics has to spend an entire month only drawing people wearing suits. <laughs> they just don't know because there's a scene where Lex Luthor is uh, in Perry White's office because he's the owner of the Daily Planet. And he's wearing a white suit, but I thought he was wearing a lab coat because he just doesn't look like a suit. Certainly not one that a really, really, really rich guy would be wearing. Well. There's this guy running for president. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, yeah, it's it was. I'm reading this. I was about halfway through, going, "Well, I guess you have to embrace the weird in this." And it's not so often that you can say Superman has this really weird streak running through with all the books, but I, it does. I, that's good. I like I like that it does. That's good. Yeah, this was basically a workplace issue. There was like, it was mostly yeah. workplace politics. I really, I just need I need a bottle of ink to fill my fountain pen. There's there's a really nice Gary Frank uh, cover. cover. Oh, yes. And, oh. and I just thought, man, he used to draw this every month. Speaking of Gary Frank, he did the backup in Suicide Squad that came out this week, which was really, really good, and also featured 12 more pages of Jim Lee art. So there you go. You yes. know what? That's, a, that's I, a fine trade. By the way, I figured it out. Jim Lee is doing a monthly comic book. They're shipping Suicide Squad by month, like twice a month. 
with 12 pages in each issue and charging you $2.99 every time they do it. So it's not bad. Bravo DC for figuring it out. You know, no, like, but that's not know. bad for him. If he's yeah. drawing a monthly book, that's yeah, it's technically a monthly book. I've been railing on it because it's been less, but it's coming out every other week. So it basically is a if monthly those, book. That if those other pages are Gary Frank, you have no you have no ground to stand on. Yeah, They're, Gary Frank telling a fun Harley Quinn story, which is which is cool. So so unfollow number twelve. Oh snap! Wow. <laughs> uh, this shit hit, shit hit the fan. This I didn't I didn't decide on my own personal pick of the week, but this would have been definitely in the running for it. Yeah, it was um, a- we went from 129 people on the list to how many are left at the end? 86. It's a, a big a big chunk went out when that plane crashed. <laughs> I gotta say, just narratively, taking a jumbo liner and crashing into a bunch of people is a bold choice. Ballsy. It's yep. still I'm almost like it's too soon. Is it? Because it's it's a bold choice, but it was effective. I really like what they did with the. Is it Akira? Is that the name of the character? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I liked what they did with Akira. I thought it was really interesting. I, I liked how he was played near the end. You know, just sort of the, an insane genius, sort of quoting himself. Me- megalomaniac. Yeah. And and the way that that uh, Courtney, you know, sort of responded to him because it changed her. You know, she went from being the dilettante who didn't care about anything to being like, well, this is, you know. A lot of great character arcs here. I mean, Dave is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> who was basically the good guy. Every man is now a Russian crime boss. Which was uh, fun, which I which I enjoyed that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Rob Williams is really taking us on a journey here. Yep. And um, a journey that you can't predict. No, you, no, you cannot. No, 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 you could. <laughs> I really hope they don't kill this bearded god guy because he's my favorite. <laughs> I really he needs to stay alive for me. That was a great plane, by the way, that he was behind. That was like a spruce goose level, like enormous. Yep. Yeah, that was awesome. So, did he yeah, just drive and, it into those helicopters? Yep, pretty much. We drove it into one, and then the other one ricocheted into the other, uh, as as they do. So, not, and again, I, we said this lots of times, but I want I want to mix like Mike Dowling is the chops, like he's doing the airplanes and the and the, but then the really nice character acting at the same time, a lot of different characters, no superhero suits to hide behind, fake legs, yeah. <laughs> fake legs. Yep, this book's got everything. Well, there's there's your there's your quote there's your quote for the trade. This book's got everything. I fanboy. This book's got everything. Planes, fake legs. <laughs> uh, Lazarus twenty five. Um... Bring on the Russians. Yeah, this was great. Again, you want to talk about big sort of character moments. This was really the biggest moment for for forever um, so far because she found out what's been going on and that her whole life is a sham. Um, And, and, you know, she leveled up, really, and we don't know what she's going to do with it. And also, like, I... I was really impressed with the writing here. This this was also close to being pick of the week in that I was really impressed with the writing... Of of the sister, who was telling her all that stuff, and forever is like, well, you're just trying to manipulate me. And it was written in such a way that I wasn't sure how truthful she was being. There was a there was an ambiguity to it that I really enjoyed uh, during that scene, also. Well, because you can't really trust anyone, right? Exactly. But you could also see like maybe she does care about her a little because she, I mean I look for the good in characters or in people and whatever and then you know you, the the girl that that was training forever the one that she trusted the most you know she's also hiding all this stuff from her and like you know poor forever who's super super powerful um and then there's a nice slaughter of people at the end <laughs> shit there was 
Yeah, I mean, this this book continues to be amazing. It's issue 25. It's been a couple of years now. and uh, But there are always enough twists and turns to keep it really interesting. Yeah. And and I like this was definitely like the close of it, just in the way that um, Unfollowed over 12 was sort of the a chapter break of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was, too. I think we're we're the, you know the, we're gonna hop into the next version of this, is what it what it felt like. This will be the end of a trade or something like that. Um, but again, and I haven't mentioned this in a while, but it, it still stands. If this book is canceled, <laughs> I will find you, <laughs> and I will make you accountable. <laughs> You're gonna pay. I've made. Listen, we've <laughs> he's sold books based on this. It, it, it it's a proven <laughs> tactic. You, there's a wall right there. It's a fact. You, so. you want to be up against it, or you just want to read the book? <laughs> Your choice. So, <laughs> five pages into Reborn, number one, the new Mark Miller book with Greg Capullo, a character says, what the hell? <laughs> exactly. And I basically said, what the hell, along with him. I, uh, just because the first five pages are very, very confusing, but then I... No, well, the, talk about the emotional roller coaster of this book. Was I sh- I, I'm right there with you. The first five pages were very, very confusing. Then it moved into where I was like, oh, shit, Miller... Like, yeah. like he's bringing it, like as as we see the main character go through her whole life and revisit moments of her life, and like as she's on death's door, and it's like holy shit. And then the ending brings it all back. Where like it's funny because like I was super excited for what's the book he's doing with um with Imminent called I can't remember the name. Empress. I was, I was super excited for Empress because Space of, George Lucas. Because of Eminent and Space George Lucas. Reborn, I vaguely knew about, and it was like, oh, Miller working Capullo, whatever. And I actually like, I like this way more than I liked, have liked Empress up to this point. Oh, yeah, I, I, first, I, I've actually dropped off of Empress, but this is, yeah. this is, uh, this, this was really, really good. This was good, and it, and like, and we know how great Capullo was from the, you know, five years on Batman, but this still even looked even better, if that's you know, possible. It also, um, it's, it's, it's not just Greg Capullo, it's his, the whole team from Batman. It's yeah, Jonathan yeah. Glapian and FCO Placentia, like the inker and colorist from that book. So, like, People talk about him coming up. They all came over. Yeah, which exactly. Is notable, and, and it looks great. And I mean, and essentially, what you know, what at least what I took away from this. You guys tell me if I read it incorrectly or wrong. But um, you know, the the this woman uh, is elderly and ha- victim of strokes and all this stuff. Has another stroke and finally passes away and wakes up and she is much younger and she's on the battlefield in like a medievally kind of fantasy kind of scenario and there's her father in armor and i get the sense that everybody that was in her life is was have moved on to this plane of existence and And she's waiting for her and they're waiting for her because she is some you know she's some heiress or some you know kind of point of power and it's just like i mean it's that miller emotional beat you know the whole middle of this of watching this you know woman reflect on her life and then die like i was like jesus christ and then and then to end on a high note of her being reunited with her father and being like well what the fuck is going on now <laughs> so i you know like way, way to start uh, you know bravo to this whole team because it was very very good i didn't love it <laughs> all right I, I didn't think it was bad, but I, I'm not sure what it is yet. I guess yeah. is, is a little of that, and and uh, I like Empress, but I might just like it for Space George or for yeah Space George Lucas, but just for the art. Um, I, I'm not sure what this is. I have noticed. Have you? Have, there's been a lot of fantasy type books lately. There have. So that's saying something. I'm not sure what. But are we I'm moving from? Are we moving from sci-fi to fantasy now? Is the uh... I mean, are, are the they just really? Are we really late on Game of Thrones capitalization? Is that? <laughs> Eh, who knows? I don't know, but there's a bunch lately, and and I like that. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't I don't know what to think about this book yet. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and one thing I thought, also thought is that uh, there's a, after seeing five plus years of Capullo with Snyder, where there's a balance of, of dialogue and words and art, and see him working with Miller, who has a different balance, who, much you know, more spare, sparse, much more sparse style. and letting the art tell more of it, whatever. I thought that that was, I was like, oh, this is kind of, you know, unencumbered with plot. Capullo. Not to say anything wrong, because Snyder was telling a story and did it very, very well. Um, but it's just it's it's interesting to see Capullo work with a different kind of writer like Miller. Oh, so yeah, yeah I, I mean Miller's way more decompressed than yeah. than Snyder yeah. is any day of the week. They're, they're night and day. Yeah, but so, also just to see Capullo probably, do fantasy instead of yeah superhero Dog. stuff. I mean, like you know, giant creatures and axes and yeah, you know, it it was. I loved this. I thought this was this was amazing. Yeah, it was very uh, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Clone Conspiracy number one came out this week, and this is, I guess, the Spider-Man event that's happening in its own title, or I don't know if this is going to jump I, other I went, or... I went, why did he read this? And then I saw Jim Chung. Exactly. And like, and it's, and it's really with a bitter pill because it's, you know, it's, I'm, Jim Chung is great. He's just great. Yeah. And, I was like, whoa, where'd he been? Yeah. If you looked at these pages, they're just great. And... The story is garbage. Well, that's a garbage, but it's just like it's real. It's it, it's it bothers it like 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 slot, and we I think we're all in agreement that slot's been on this book too long, and but by going back to the jackal and even using the c word and all, which isn't the first time this has happened in slot's run, you know it just it it's just not and like this has been building up in the Amazing Spider-Man books, you know, kind of it's been bubbling below the surface and leading up to this as an event often does. Um, but it's just like again, it's like what you know, like why go f- f- do new stuff? You did new stuff with with Superior Spider-Man. Do new stuff. Don't go back in time. And everyone's all up in arms because the backup of this issue is basically a retcon of Gwen Stacy's death, where it shows. Oh God, not it, again! It shows, and and this time we get Gwen's inner dialogue as she's laying on the bridge before she's thrown off when she puts the pieces together and realizes that Spider-Man is Peter. So the retcon is that Gwen knew that Peter was Spider-Man when she died which a lot of people are up in arms about. I don't give a shit because that's what they do. They want you to react that way, and it's something you didn't know, and it's all this sort of stuff. But I have the bigger problem with just leave it alone. Do, yeah. so, do something else because you've got Jim Chung, who's amazing. Do something else. So I don't know. But yeah, so, so at the end of this issue, basically Jackal has brought back Gwen and her father back to life now and today, and they have their full memories and their full complement of memories, and now that's where it's going from here. So uh, it's, it's, it's rough. Ooh, indeed. Uh, but it looks great. And Josh, well, Josh, lots of glow and blue. Lots of glow and I, blue. I'm, I'm, fuck that. <laughs> not, not even Jim Chung. <laughs> Quick break now to talk about how you can support iFanboy. If you go to iFanboy.com slash support, there you can find various ways to help. One easy way is to click on the Amazon link. Do all your Amazon shopping through that link, and we get a little piece of the action. Helps keeps the light go- keeps the show going, keeps the lights on, uh, keeps us all happy. And then uh, even a better way is iFanboy.com slash Patreon. That's where our Patreon is. and uh, Or Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Either one of those links work. And uh, that way, you can help us directly every month. We have lots of great Patreon uh, rewards. Ron's been sending out packages to the Patreon. They've been arriving the last couple of weeks. We also do our monthly hangout. We do all kinds of special uh, shows because of the Patreon. All kinds of great things happening. We're very close to our next goal, which is the return of the iFanboy t-shirts. So 
we love all the patrons and we thank them all at the end of the show or and, at least uh, with thumb superpowers and a quick note if you know many of you have like like you mentioned many of you have gotten your rewards packets if you haven't gotten yours yet there's another wave going out this month so just keep an eye on your mailbox where there's all the there's a lot of you so we're gonna get to y'all don't worry <laughs> so we thank everyone who helps us out at com slash support and if I think about it, it's possible All-Star Batman number three would have been my pick. And not be f- for the brutal fight between Batman and the KG Beast. Not for the casual way in which the KG Beast took out the Royal Flush Gang. But mostly for the return of Harold, who I have not seen in, I feel like, 20 years. I, I don't even uh, know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Now yeah. I'm like, wait, what's yeah. he talking about? I read did, you read the, did you read it? Yeah. Yeah. The guy at the end, Harold, who who builds all of Batman's gadgets. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Oh, yeah, that dude. Yeah, he was a big character in the '90s and the Alan Grant, Norm Brayfogle run. He was Batman's gadget guy. He was he built all the all the cars and all the stuff, and he lived in the in the cave. And he's just sort of um, hunchback mute who didn't only wanted to build gadgets. And uh, they they got rid of him. They killed him, I think. But I literally haven't seen this guy in decades. And I was reading this issue on the plane. And I had to stop myself from yelping Harold when I when I when I saw. Did so you it remembered it? I have no recollection of that. Were oh you, yeah, he's always one, one of my favorite characters. Were you looking for Yelp reviews of Harold, or you were going to yelp him? Like, ah! Oh, a yell, oh, like a yelp, like an audible yelp. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> used to call used to call that an eep. <laughs> so, uh, that was fantastic, and I'm glad he's back because cool. he was Harold, a really good actor. Harold Allnut. Harold Allnut. I didn't Allnut. remember his name being Allnut. He was always just called Harold. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure, all that's fine. I did. I did like. I, I. I really enjoyed the the fight between Batman and KG Beast in this. I like how they dealt with the fact that he's not called KG Beast anymore by just crossing out the K and the G because we all know that he, we all know that he is KG Beast. So whatever. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I mean, it continues to be. I mean, John Romita Jr. He's a, he's a master. So yeah, but like he needs to be on the right project is what we've learned over the years, and Absolutely. this really works for him. Yep. You know, this is not, a brutal not, book. Not twelve Avengers standing around. Yeah, <laughs> you feel. Oh. You feel the brutality in his art, right? Like when they're fighting, you really feel yes. like you're you're the crunch when they punch each other. Well, he was that's why he was great on Kick Ass. Yeah. That was some of the best work yeah. he ever did. Yep. Yes. 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 Uh, the penultimate issue of this wave of uh, Sheriff of Avalon number eleven was out this week, um, and and I it's funny because at the beginning of this series, I was like, I think this is really good. I don't know what's going on, and now. It's all coalesced, I feel like, and and we're building up to a thing, and I'm I'm just really enjoying the end of it. So all of those sort of, I guess, almost a confusion about some of the stuff was going. Like I know who everybody is now. I know where they're coming from as much as I'm allowed to, I guess. Um, and I just really dug this issue. This was this was really good. I think we just made a pick of the week not too long ago, and I could have done it again. I could have done it again. Um, I'm really looking That's forward a, to the. Sounds like a threat. I could have done it again. Could have done it again. I just I don't know that I would have had anything else to say. Yeah. But I'm really looking for like we we were talking about you know the issue 25 of Lazarus or issue 12 or you know endings of things uh, issue 12 of Unfollow or issue 25 of, of Darth Vader and this is the the setup right before you know the 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 ending the nominal ending of the first sort of part of this book and uh, I I really it's great it, and it's literally like three people in a room who's gonna blink you know what's gonna happen that's like the whole thing um, it's really good I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what will happen a lot of face slapping. <laughs> I want that one CIA get I CIA guy to get slapped. He needs getting slapped. The Scott Foley guy? Yeah. That yeah. guy. Yeah. Forget that guy. Jupiter's Legacy also the penultimate issue. 
Ugh, I don't want an, I don't want less Frank Quitely in my life. Oh, I know it's uh, it's so good. Just look, just looking at the page after page. I mean, and admittedly, this I feel like this particular volume has been sparser in a from an artistic standpoint, like from a visual mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, you know, it's been there hasn't been crazy backgrounds or crazy. You know, but like it's just the elegance of the people that comes across with what he does is just I just love it. It's so good. I, I will say I'm. There's a thing that happened here that I'm starting to see happen more often is that so Sky Fox is like the big the whole thing is about finding him and his big return and he's kind of handily dispatched. I and love I, that. I love. I feel like that. that happens a lot though. Like we spend so much time. It's a time. great device. It's a great device. We've built up getting the team together. The team gets together and they're all immediately dispatched. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So now I mean, now I don't know how they're going to get out of it. That's that's the whole thing. Like the crazy guy with the hair. Well, who knows? They have a the he. He could be that dispatched guy's, That guy's a winner. He's tremendous. Yeah. The Lando uh, Bruno Mars guy. He's fantastic. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you know, in the end, like I want to read the ending. I want to see what happens. I'm very excited. I don't want it to end. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's, that's the problem with, with, with quietly doing the pencils is that it's going to end yeah. in a year and a half. It'll be back and we'll celebrate was, it again. So. I, it only just occurred to me that like, oh, Miller and, and Morrison don't like each other. And look yeah. at Frank Whiteley right in the middle there. Well, what's, fu- what's funny considered- is that I saw I saw a photo recently uh, of of Quietly and Grant together, <laughs> and 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 Quietly was sketching a, a, apparently a new idea. Apparently, they're working on something. Who knows when and if it'll ever come out? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's it's it's like the it's like the uh, chi- like the the child of divorced parents. Guys, guys, it's is like there- me. It's like me between you two. Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, it's like me- I ha- you hate each other, and I yeah. have to be the one in the middle. Yep. Well, let me ask you this. Is there a guy who works with both Morrissey and Johnny Marr? Not anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. No. <laughs> Frank Whiteley must be a great guy. Yeah, well, he is. I mean, he absolutely There you I mean, go. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. So, yeah. um, anyway, so moving on. I was shocked to see Great Lake Avengers number one show up here in my rundown because I didn't add it, and I thought I would be the only one to ever add it. I thought, all right, I know there's 100 books out this week. But I, I'm going to talk about this because it's it's I'm going to read it because it's wacky and it it makes me I was you know I was around I was reading West Coast Avengers when these guys showed up the first time I don't remember a ton about it but I thought I'm going to give this a shot um, and I thought the art was very good Will Robson Will Robson which names which sounds familiar to me I don't know what I know him from but it definitely sounds familiar we got Dodson we got Robson we got Robson, we got Robson. Um, so the, the Great Lakes Avengers were these characters who came out of like sort of a, I think it was John Byrne, um, run on, on, uh, West Coast Avengers or Avengers West Coast at that point. And they're sort of like B grade Midwest, uh, superheroes. And so they've got a series here and it's attempting to be funny. Yeah, that, I mean, like, this, are this, they like C level? They're not B level. It's like yeah, it's like point, right? D level is more accurate. It's it's like every eight years or so, somebody yep. they dig up the Great Lakes Avengers. The last time they did this, it was it was called GLA, and it was you know like playing off of the JLA logo and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, so John Byrne in 1989 created yep. them. Yeah. And and the whole thing is that they're always you know that that they're that they're bumbling and that and this is where Squirrel Girl came from who now is very popular but she was you know like she was an example of a loser esque character that was part of the team 
uh, and there's the flat the flat guy, and then there's the uh, immortal man, and yeah, so flat man, Mister Immortal, flat man, Mister Immortal, yeah, exactly. So I mean, they're, they're fun. It's neat to see them back. I thought the 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 approach to this was clever. That through various legal uh, missteps, uh, the flat guy, the Great Lakes Avengers now own the rights to the Avengers TM, uh, and so and so the uh, lawyers are sent to try to get it back, and so he says. He'll give it back to them in return for becoming full fledged members of the Avengers again, and so then they're off there. Then he's and it's trying to get the band back together. So uh, yeah, yeah. Was, I just I just thought it was a little on the nose, like some of the jokes. I was like, All right, yes, that's that what joke. that's what these have always been known for. So. I know, but I thought you know maybe they're gonna ra- you know there's been some good funny comics lately. Maybe they're gonna raise the level. Yeah, but uh, it was kind of what I expected. Yeah. Um, and in terms of what kind of what I expected, the last issue of Howard the Duck uh, on Chip Zdarsky and Joe Quinones' run, uh, Howard the Duck number 11 came out. And this was a good nice little wrap-up and uh, what I think has been and, – and even in the backup matter, Zdarsky mentions it as they're doing their thank yous and saying their bows that they were able to do this run on Howard the Duck nearly uh, free of getting run into Secret Wars or Civil War. Um, which is a rare thing at, at Marvel, like, you know. So they they basically were you know were able to tell their story as wacky and crazy as it was. Had some great moments, good laughs. I enjoyed the whole run. Uh, if you didn't read it, go back and read it and trade because I think it, it was a, playing in the Marvel pool and just having a blast with it. And um, and so yeah, it was a, nice to see it wrap up and, and see them move on. So that one went to eleven. It did. I'm sorry, that was stupid. Uh, <laughs> so that does it for our books that we picked. But we had uh, we had our Patreon pick, of course. The patrons, the the folks who go to ifanboy.com slash Patreon or vice versa. Does it work both ways? Nope. Patreon.com no, slash ifanboy or ifanboy.com slash support where you can click a link to go to Patreon. Why does it I, say ifanboy.com slash Patreon in the script? I don't know. That should not be in there. <laughs> I didn't wrong. do that. That is incorrect. Um, <laughs> either way, uh, every, every Wednesday um, we open up. The books for all the the folks out there who are patrons, who are contributing patrons, to vote on which book they would like us uh, to to talk about that we might not normally talk about. Um, so this week it was uh, from Valiant. Valiant made it in. Valiant made it in. Snuck in. Snuck in uh, with Britannia number two. Here's why I love this pick because it was a number two issue. Yes, I really did like that. Yep. I was very happy it wasn't a number one because I, I kind of think part of the fun is is dropping in these books in the middle that we don't normally read and, and sussing it out. So I was very happy to see it wasn't a number one issue. And how did, how did sussing it out go for you, Connor? Uh, <laughs> it was okay. I I liked aspects of it a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's like it's, a, it's important to note this is written by Peter Milligan with art by Juan, Jose Juan Rip, who I actually like a lot. It's great. Um, and, uh, with, with art, with, with color by Jordi Belair. Sure. What the how, hell? Yeah. How did Dude. that happen? She does all the books. All the books. But um, but yeah, this is a Roman centurion story. Yeah, I don't, sort of, I, it sort of skirts the edge of of uh, fantasy. But it, I feel like all the fantasy elements are in people's heads. Yeah, that's what I was. I wasn't quite clear on because I was kind of like, all right, no monsters. Wait, there's monsters. Maybe there's not monsters. Um, well, I feel yeah, like that, every time there were monsters, they were they were then disproved. Right. You know, like the, the the guys with the masks, you know. I feel like the whole thing is like this is Sherlock Holmes Centurion, so that yeah. he's debunking all of the all of the fantastical elements. And it's it's Britannia because the, the soldiers are in Britain uh during this time. And what have the Romans ever done for us? Um we cut back to Nero a little bit. Um 
I I was I was quite taken. I was like, oh, I I, I this is I like this. That's what I thought. I mean, it it very much was. I I mean, Peter Milligan writes a certain kind of comic book, and and if you're a Peter Milligan fan, this is you know it, yeah, it, but. but he, but this, but I was, I was going to finish my thought, was that this was more, I think the historical aspect of it gave it a grounding that is often missing from a Milligan comic. Perfectly put. Thank you. Perfectly put. I mean, there's, I think there's Milligan and there's good Milligan. Yeah. And some people like all of it and, and, I, and I want to, but I don't always like it. I think it. sometimes Milligan is at his best when he has constraints. And that's not to say that Milligan no, constraintless can be a blast, you know, and especially when he's with somebody like Brandon McCarthy or, you know, these really crazy kind of out there artists. But, um, you know, Milligan is a great writer and, and when given, okay, this is the arena that you're in, um, you know, he, he, he does something really well. I have no idea what's going on. I, I, I kept on waiting for Ninjak or, <laughs> or, or Exo Manowar to show up, but they, they're not there. So yeah, good job, Valiant. So did you, did you enjoy it? I guess we're going to go through this. Yeah, okay, let's do ratings. But, ratings. Yeah. Ratings. Uh, I, will, I, give it, okay. I, I give it a four. Uh, I will give it a 3.5. I'm going to give it a four. Will you be reading it? No. Connor? Maybe. If I remember to read it, the next one. I'm there, but I will add, I'd like to remember to read it. Right. Yes, that's what I mean. Like, if I... It's hard because it's yes, yes. It's difficult I, gonna, to develop new patterns in this game. I'm gonna make a concerted effort to to not miss the third issue. All right, I will help you. You help. Are you gonna go back and read the first issue? I don't know if we need to. I didn't feel like that either. I don't. So I'm gonna say no. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think you. I didn't feel the need to read the first issue either. Yeah, um, I was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe it's because we're history experts. But no, that's not. Or old-fashioned comic booking. Yeah, know? didn't like, feel didn't feel lost at all though. So that was a good. Give you all nice the information effort. you needed in the sec in the in the issue. Then there's there's a lot of historical prose at the end. I really want to read it, but it's four pages of yeah, double, double was, columns. It was a lot. Of, I was like, well, I'm not going to finish that today. But I started reading it, and I was like, I, I can't. Do like by a professor. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, like Kieran put in that um three. That's in three. Of, yeah, three. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So, thank you, patrons, for voting. And it was it was another neck and neck close. The, the votes the past couple of weeks have been by inches. So, if you're a patron, you gotta go to uh, Patreon.com/slash iFanboy on Wednesday and make sure you vote for a book uh, because it's really getting neck and neck. Um, and some of you have asked about us posting the 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 votes live and all this stuff. We don't want to artificially influence the voting. Ooh, mm. yeah, that's yeah. So like, so it's the kind of thing where we don't want people to run away with making us talk about Betty Boop or something stupid just because it'll be funny, you know? Like, 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 really vote for something you want us to hear us talk about. So anyway, uh, but maybe we'll post what the the final tally was or something like that. I'll figure that out. So all right, moving on. Uh, we got some time for your questions. I know we skipped them last week. We've had lots to talk about. A lot uh, of books the last like three weeks in a row. A lot I had, of like, books. Twenty-five books. Which which really I mean which which if everything goes as usual, there'll be a week where there's like seven. Hopefully. So <laughs> anyway, so on to your emails. Our first email is from Brian from Parts Unknown, who emails and says, "I'm listening to episode thirty. Oh God, where fifty-two number one was the pick of the week." You were discussing the potential for failure of the series, in part based on the failure of DC's last weekly book, Action Comics Weekly. Not surprisingly, Ron seemed to have the lowest expectations of the series. Short of not living up to the promise of never collecting the series, I think it's fair to say DC knocked this one out of the park. Are there any other series you thought were going to bomb and ended up being great? I'm just going to make all this meat. 
Good job, Ryan. I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> so. short, of, short of not living up to the promise of never, that's a lot of doubles. He's made. saying they collected he's saying 52. We, yeah, he's saying, I think he's saying that we said they weren't going to do it. No, I think I he's think we, Maybe we said didn't. something stupid, like yeah. they're never going to collect this whole thing, and they did. Maybe. Okay. That's what I, that's what I read. It It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Episode 30. Good Lord. Yeah, What's interesting is that he said, uh, not surprisingly, Ron had the lowest expectations of the series, and I thought... I didn't. Not back then. Yeah. Well, cause you were back not then, as jaded. Yeah, no. A, you weren't as jaded, but it also, it's, it's. I mean, it was Wade, Rucka, Johns, and Morrison. Morrison. Yeah. Even, even you were like, that's that's a great lineup, you know? Yeah. So. I think I remember, I remember it being a thing where we didn't know if it would work, and I guess for the first, like, handful of issues, we're like, not sure, and then once oh, no, it we gelled, kept waiting. We kept waiting for it to, to slip mm-hmm. a week or, fi- I mean, because, you know. Yeah. We'd never so seen it. It's a weekly series, and. Yeah. We kept waiting for that. And eventually, you're like, I guess it's not going to happen. And it, it turned out to be a great series. Anyway, so let's... I still remember, was it oh, the the robot, the machine men guy uh, bidding on eBay in a Grant Morrison scene? That was my favorite part of it. I don't remember the joke, but it was great. I think of that every time I think of the series. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a series that we thought would bomb. But I guess, what is the definition of bomb? Does that mean creatively? This is a lot of... Are there other series that you thought would would bomb and ended up being great? I mean, it's more recent and it's not finished, but who you know, none of us would have been like, you know what the the great book right now is Flintstones. Well, that's more of a surprise though. That's like that's like it's more. Like yeah, saying, but like, like, but no, no, but it's more like, survive? is there a series that we thought was going to bomb? So like, we have a whole lot of hoopla about Secret Wars, and we were like, oh, this is going to suck, and it ends up being great. I think that that's more the question as opposed to something yes. that, that yeah. surprises us, like Flintstones. You know, like so when um, you look back at, at different events or something like that. I mean, like the, the closest that they came, like the siege was really good. Yeah, that's the best of those. I feel like. Um, yeah, Siege is one I think that we were we were fairly uh, skeptical going in, and we're like, "Oh shit, no, this is actually really good." Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I, oh, go ahead. There are a lot of books that I'm not going to be able to name them, but I know we've said a lot of times this is, this book's never going to make it more than eight issues. Yeah. And they, and it, they ended up having done that, so I guess that would fall into that category. Oh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one. I'll, I'll go back to this wasn't an event, but. Um, uh, Remender doing uh, Frankencastle. Mm-hmm. And maybe it did bomb. I don't know, but I thought it was great. <laughs> so there's a, I mean, there's a bunch. I mean, we just, the pick of the week, Darth Vader. Yeah. I mean, I, at the two issues in, I think that we were like, this is weird. I mean, we wouldn't have been at the end, two of us saying that we loved it, you know, right. outright. Or, or I mean, it didn't bomb, but I, I think now of like something like Red Hulk, which I was like, that's yeah. stupid. And then when we all read it, we were like, that was really fun. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a bunch of those, but those are almost like things that were really popular and successful that we thought would be stupid. Right. I I, I guarantee you, at least ten times we've said this book will never make it more than six issues, and it's has gone away more than that. I know. We, I know that's the thing we say a lot. And I believe Lucifer is in its second season on television. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I know that for a yeah. fact. Eric from Los Angeles. Back in December of 2005, I discovered Warren Ellis's The Authority, and ever since I have been thinking about which Wildstorm titles should be turned into movies. Now, with the recent announcement of Warren Ellis' upcoming reboot, Rebirth of the Wildstorm Universe, I wanted to know which Wildstorm characters, or I'm sorry, which Wildstorm titles you'd like to see adapted into either movies or Netflix-style series a la Marvel Cinematic Universe. Personally, I'd like to see a film version of Alan Moore's Wildcats run, deconstructing the superhero films genre, followed by a Netflix series based on Wildcats 3.0 and Sleeper, which would run concurrently with one another. 
So you Netflix, just kind is, of all of them. Netflix answered. is the new is the new. Yeah, it, it used to be the HBO series. Which one would you like to be on HBO? And then it yeah. was which one should be an AMC series? And now it's which Netflix one should be a Netflix, Netflix series? series. Well, exactly. first of all, they're not going to put it on Netflix because Netflix has a deal with Marvel and these are DC properties. But not accepting that um, as a TV series on some cable network or something like that. Amazon. It's going to be on Amazon. There you go. Um, <laughs> is that? I'm trying to think about what else is there at Wildstorm. I, that I, I, I will give you the answers. Yeah, I mean, I know there are other ones. It will be worth it. What do I you love, think? I love the original initial concept of Stormwatch, which was, yeah. which was, you know, a team of international, you know, superpowered. There's a guy from Japan, a guy from Russia, a guy, you know, whatever, basically dispatched with with keeping an eye on Earth. That, that's that's a great concept. That's great. Um, and it like had Thunder a, Agents. Yeah, yeah, and it had a great collection of characters. It was uh, had a ton of diversity, um, you know, in, in intrigue and all this sort of stuff that you know kind of derailed. But actually, what's funny is that if you go back to everyone talks about Warren Ellis, uh, Warren Ellis, and the Authority and all this sort of stuff, he started on Stormwatch. Right, I was going to say for what a reason. Should, what, yeah, what was that like? In the, well, the authority Stormwatch became the Authority. Oh, Ninety-eight. Exactly. Yeah, ninety-eight. Yeah. Yep. Really, yeah. that many issues in. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I guess Storm it was the whole, more, the whole Storm 90s. Yeah. yeah. Stormwatch morphed into the Authority. That's, yep. I mean, the yeah. characters. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't um, think I ever read those early ones. I wasn't reading at that point, so. I think a solo Grifter series would be fun. <sighs> that's I'm a, a sleeper. I mean, that's the one yeah. for me. I mean, my first instinct is that that's already a perfect comic book. Right. But, but like, it'd be one of those things that I don't know what you could add to it in television that would make worth doing. But... That doesn't stop anybody. So, John Berenthal. Um, to me, it's it's about you have yeah, a that works. you're basically doing a spy series with super you know superhero superhero spy series, which I guess is what Agents of Shield was supposed to be, but yeah. ended up not being. But uh, so you could do it that way. It could be cheaper because it's not so solely a superhero show. Yeah. Hell, I'll I'll go total fanboy and I'll I'll say Gen thirteen. I was waiting for you to say that. Yeah, for, screw that teen. You know, nine to an O of powers sold. You know, and also like people often forget that you know there's Team Seven existed, which gives you a war theme. You know, kind of you know uh, you know SEAL Team Six kind of approach. You know, kind of like a, this this tactical. You know, that sounds expensive to produce. True. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, <laughs> a band of brothers with powers, basically. You know, or yeah. or or platoon with powers, basically. You know, so. Um, I, there could be so there's there's good stuff. The original the, the original germ of the of Wildstorm was quality. And I was gonna, they're all like when you talk about it that way, they're all really strong concepts. Yeah. In that sense. I mean like just outright. I mean there, there's not uh yeah. they do work in that way. It's interesting. I guess they don't think there's any name recognition to go ahead and develop those into things, but remember when we freaked out when they brought Captain Adam over to the Wildstorm universe? I remember when you did. Yeah, well, I did. Yeah, because it was just crazy. So anyway, all right. Well, thank you for your questions. If you have any other questions or comments, you can always email us. Email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Don't forget to tell us who you are, where you're from. And none of you in these two emails told us how long you thought about these questions. So oh, oh, man. you got to make sure to do I mean, Brian, kudos for making all that meat, and we're glad you're doing that. Uh, but you got to tell us how long you thought about these. So there you go. All right, now is the time that everyone's been waiting for. Uh, as a thank you to our patrons, everyone who goes to patreon.com slash ifanboy uh, and, and uh, chips in at a certain level uh, gets a verbal thank you, and we bestow you with a superpower. There's no promise that it's going to be a good superpower. 
Um, so first up, we want to thank Tyler Abrams, and uh, Tyler is buoyant. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> he, he can float anywhere. He floats. Okay, he's a good hey, floater. Can, can you swim down there and grab that off the bottom of the pool? No, nope. I cannot. Nope. Nope. So he can't. He can't actually submerge himself. He can. He can get down like like uh, like maybe half of his body, like half a body length into the water. But that buoyancy just bounces him back up. Yeah. It's gonna shoot right out of the water. Yeah, exactly. If you can get three or four guys to hold him down, he'll pop out of that tub like a cork. Exactly. <laughs> or not tub pool. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's that's useful. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> He's a great swimmer, though. That's the that's for sure. Like, if he gets eaten by a shark, that's not going to work out for the shark. <laughs> He's going to still be dead, but yeah. the shark's going to be like, why does this keep happening? <laughs> All right. Josh, you're up next. Uh, Daniel Kent cures herpes. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's the only disease he cures? It's incurable. So, <laughs> wow. So he's. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, so does he use his power for monetary gain, or? I mean, like the thing is, it's not like a life-changing disease. You can live with it; it's just fine. But if you can get to Daniel and ask him <laughs> to take he the care of, of herpes, does he touch you? you can or find him. How yeah. does How does he heal? Yeah, he's the A team. Good one, Connor. Does it... <laughs> Ooh, does he have to touch the sores? Yeah. How does it work? Do you? Does it have to be active when he does it? I don't oh, think so. God. He's got to lay hands on you. He can cure your herpes. Cure. His superhero name is Curpes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Justin Frazier can emit a low amount of heat from his hands. It's not enough to actually do anything other than if he held like a bowl of soup for like an hour, he could warm it up. <laughs> like, a, wow. like a hot plate? Like a yeah. really low warm plate? Not, but not even like a hot as a hot plate. Right. Kind of like, a warming plate, which I believe he, is. He could keep things warm. Like if you have a big party... Like an electric you know, blanket? You could put the, the, the dishes on his hands and keep him warm throughout the party. He's a chafing dish. Yes, kind wow. of. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, if, if, he, if he lives in a cold climate, he can sort of keep his hands under his armpits and keep his body a little warm. So right. So he, Just his so hands? Just his hands. Just, Just his hands. His, his hands. Wow. He's kind of like a microwave re, uh, reheating setting, but not quite. He's, he has internal sterno. Internal Sterno. That's his, nickname. That's his name. Internal Sterno. All right. Uh, and finally, we want to thank Stephen Brown. And you know, often we talk about how these powers are sometimes a blessing and a curse. Uh, Stephen Brown was born with the amazing, amazing fact that both of his ears are sentient. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but they can only talk to him internally. Why are you so good at this? <laughs> it is uncanny. <laughs> This is your super. It's so weird. So I don't know if Steven, if it was like he was supposed to be triplets and instead it Are was... Are you calling friends of yours who write comics? No, I'm not. Because I know you know a lot of people who can do this really well and I don't trust you. Listen, Jason Aaron, I need some powers. Come on, help me out of here. No, he did it to us for us live when we came up with the idea. I yeah. know. Like, I know. So yeah, so Stephen Brown uh, has sentient ears. Which is which is very are they evil or just regular people? Well, they're, they're regular people. I mean, but but he's the only one who can hear them and talk to them, and 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 so a lot of time he's got to deal with what they want. And there's, there's a lot of picking a movie to go see is very difficult. You imagine? Are you, you sure he's not insane? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. 
So I think Brian Wilson had this. It was just one ear, but yeah. <laughs> so all right. So if you want a superpower, you can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy and sign up and you can get your own very stupid superpower. And we thank everybody for their support. Uh, and another fun week of uh, dumb powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you heard us talking about uh, about the toxplodes. About the about the Patreon rewards and those sort of things. Well, the good news is, up I think this week. I think I can. I think I can fairly prompt. Yeah, it's going to be this week. Um, we have a talk split with Mark Russell, the Ooh. writer of Prez and the Flintstones. Uh, had a conversation with him. We talked about where the hell he came from. The elusive. I was going to say the elusive Mark Russell. Where yeah, the, where the yeah. hell he actually was. Yeah, he's. <laughs> well, we we find out. <laughs> We find out it's it's not as exciting as you think. Oh well. Um, but that that'll be up this week. It was it was a good conversation. Um, cool. So and, again, uh, thanks to the patrons for for bringing those back and making those possible. Yep. And additionally, uh, you've all been very very patient, but we're so close to getting the Luke Cage podcast out. Uh, I believe of all people, Josh finished it first. Uh, I finished it second, and now we're just waiting on Connor, and we'll see who ends up on the podcast. It's gonna be out eventually, uh, <laughs> but sooner yeah, than if- sooner than last week. If um, Connor doesn't finish it, though, we're going to have Method Man come on. Yeah, exactly. Is that <laughs> who was in that episode? That Is that who that was? I didn't yes. know. Yes. Anyway, even, um, even if I best. can't, <laughs> even if I can finish it, you should have Method Man on. Yeah. No. Um, like, you didn't know that. Yes, I knew I that. Was, I was kidding. That was moment. Sure. That moment for me, I was like, oh, I'm in. Yeah. I mean, so, it was near the end. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm 100 percent sold. Don't spoil it for Connor. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I don't. I. I'm just you know. <laughs> I think he's okay. So, um, and then additionally, we're about two, a little over two, a little under two weeks away from, a little about two weeks away from Doctor Strange being released in theaters. And of course, we'll have a podcast talking about the last superhero movie of the year. Uh, so you can get the talks about Mark Russell, the eventual mo- TV and movie podcasts, and all other podcasts. All of our previous episodes can all be found at ifanboy.com, where you can also find out who is the music in the opening and closing of the show uh, in the show notes. Um, that's all. That's all at ifanboy.com. Uh, you can leave a comment there. Tell people what you thought of the books that came out this week of you know there's so many books that came out we didn't get to talk about them all i mean that mosaic book came out we didn't talk about that there was some other stuff that came out we we it's too many but tell people what you like there and you can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy and you can follow us on twitter at ifanboy and if you want to follow us individually for our own personal bits of nonsense you can follow us at ja flanagan for josh at cs kilpatrick for connor and i am at ron xo Finally, if you like the show, please consider reviewing it on iTunes. That's how people find podcasts, and we thank everyone who does that. It takes You can even just leave us a star rating if you don't want to leave a review. Just one second to click a star rating, and all is, all is forgiven. That's what I tell everyone. Because <laughs> you have a lot of grievances. Yeah, I have a list of just them, man. Outstanding ones, and you're just sitting there like, let's see it. Click. All right, we're fine. We're, we're, <laughs> you're fine. We're good. I, I, I audit my list every couple months. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone who helps support iFanboy and recommends us to anyone uh, anywhere in the world. Thank you. All right. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, back on schedule. Good job, boys. Thank Are we you. off schedule? Well, we were running long these past couple weeks, but now we're oh, coming yeah. at a good time. And so, all right. Uh, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I do not cure herpes. <laughs> you cause them, though. Might have it. Don't. <laughs>